0: You're listening to World of Empowerment Radio, your station for practical spirituality in a changing world. And here are your hosts, Angel Rose and Ahanu. We've got
1: our great friend Penny Kelly coming back with us to discuss something that's very, very important. With me, very close to me, is Angel Rose.
2: Hello, we're back, aren't we, Ahano?
1: Well, Angel Rose, I know you are bursting at the seams to explain what we've been doing over the last little while with our sacred earth waters.
2: There is a great need for what these waters have to offer other people at a very deep, connected level. So I am working on them daily, getting them ready, so it won't be too long now.
1: What is this great need that you keep talking about?
2: Well, as we know, our Earth is changing, and things are changing rapidly, and we need to, let's just say, get connected at a deep level as soon as we can, okay? Because this is what will turn things around. So the sacred Earth waters, we found that the Earth itself has tremendous power and healing uh, abilities and plants and trees and sacred places take you into mystical levels, let's just say, of reality. And once you experience that, you're changed forever. And I find that that's what's missing uh, with most people is they miss this deep connection. Because when you're at the deep connection, and you feel your heart, and you feel life conscious everywhere, then you start to think differently, you start to behave differently, you start to pay attention differently. So we get out of this normal rat race we're in, and we're in union with life at a very different level. And that's what these waters give to you.
1: Yes, but when you speak about the rat race, what we want to come around to is the purpose of this particular discussion with Penny Kelly today. Because in that rat race, we do have a lot of people who feel threatened by what's going on. They're threatened by the politics, they're threatened by governments, they're threatened by uh, shortages, of food and and resources, they're threatened by war, there's uh, this whole issue going on with the Syrian refugees, there's immigration, emigration, there's unemployment, there's all this kind of stuff that's going on. And on top of that then, we hear and constantly see things posted all over the internet about issues that are starting, supposedly, in September and into October issues around banking financial collapse and things like that so when we get Penny Kelly on she will be answering for us lots of the questions that people have about what to do and when to do it and why is it happening and all of that do you think that the sacred earth waters will help people in this particular time period
2: they would actually they would because they they lessen fear, is what I have found from taking them, is that it's such a deep level of awareness, a deep level of life, of communion, that you really become more one with everything, and you notice life responding to you, nature responding to you, nature helping you, whether it's trees or clouds or sunlight, or you actually are aware of your relationship with those elements. And that when they're, they know that you're aware of them, they do things for you. Okay. They protect you. They provide nourishment. They heal. They lessen fear. And that's what these do.
0: Let's bring Penny Kelly on, shall we? The fact is, the subject matter of today is important. Let's make a start on that and use the time okay. efficiently because we really do want to get to, some inner knowledge and some spiritual insights into what's actually going on, as well, of course, practical 3D insights into what's going on. So can you give us mm-hmm. a kind of a rough overview first, and then we'll drill deeper into the whole September-October scenario?
3: Okay. Well, an overview, and that's a broad statement, Ahana. What kind of overview? What, overview what, where do you want me to focus? Things that I saw coming?
2: Yeah, really, Penny, it's about the whole what's going to happen this month and next month, so if we could just start with what you perceive to be happening and how you got there and what you're feeling and all of that.
3: Okay, so what basically started last February or thereabouts was some of my clients who are very, very, very wealthy were, you know, they would asked me what's happening, what's, what do you see coming this year? And I would see that the year was great until we got to, like, October. And then I all I could see was that something really not good happened. So I couldn't get any detail. I left it as a dangling question or what I call a hanging question, which means that I will continue to pick up Bits and pieces, and then I have to be responsible for noticing when a piece comes in and its relevance and where it fits, and it 's like assembling a puzzle very slowly, piece by piece over months, so nothing happened until um, May when I went to check and sure enough, the problem was still there because I kept thinking, well, maybe it 'll go away, but it didn 't, and then in June, I was in. Uh, Washington D.C., and, um, you know, with a client, and they were asking, well, what do you see? And I, um, I said, well, you know, and, and that little piece opened up. And I said, I, I see that whatever it is, it starts in August, it gets worse in September, and by October, it has engulfed the whole country, and it has turned the apple cart over. And I thought, Okay, wow. Well, that's, you know, turning over the apple cart is a pretty strong statement. So, but I still didn't have any details. So I, I did something that I do frequently, which is give myself directions. And I, I gave myself directions to see what was coming and to get some information about, you know, the, the event, whatever it was. I figured it was some kind of event. So about, oh gosh, maybe in mid-July, I was sitting at my desk, I was working on a project doing some research, and I had these screens in the back of my mind, and, and they're always on, and stuff appears on them, and I kind of pay attention to those, so I'm working on this research, and I see this one screen open up, and, and I glance over at it in a very you know, relaxed and, and, you know, not very focused way. And I noticed that, that, you know, what was going on. And I, and I thought to myself, oh, that's the October problem. And then I went back to what I was doing. And about two, three seconds later, a minute later, I was like, oh, that was it. What did I see? You know, and I, I tried to go back and see it and I couldn't. I couldn't remember what I had seen because that kind of information is usually coming in on an alternate channel. It is not your normal consciousness and it's, you gotta to tune to that channel and if the, if it's already off the air, you, you're up the creek. So I gave myself directions for that screen to open up again. And about five days later, four or five days later, it did open up. And I managed to get two words, and those two words were, quote-unquote, the grid. And I thought, after I, you know, saw it, I thought, okay, what does that mean? Um, You know, is that the electric grid? Is that the communications grid? Is that the financial grid? Is that the grid that holds the sun, the moon, and the stars in place, Um, you know, in relationship with one another? What grid... Is that referring to? So then I left that as the hanging question. What is the grid? What do those two words mean? And so it ended up where I, about, oh gosh, maybe two, three, four days after that, or maybe sometime later, within a week or so, week or two, um, I got another piece that the grid was the internet. and And I thought, oh... Um, What about the Internet? So the next piece that came in was that the Internet was going to go down. So the next piece that came in, you know, I'm always asking another question and giving myself further directions. So the next piece that came in was the Internet is not so much going to go down as it's going to be taken down. And I thought, okay, um, why? what would take it down? What would, you know... Why would anybody want to take down the Internet? That's like the core of our whole existence right now. (laughs)
2: Mm
3: -hmm. So, um, not for everybody, but for business and, you know, shipments and banking and all that.
0: And even our conversation today, it's dependent upon that Internet grid.
3: Yes. Yes, it is. And families connect uh, so many things, just everything. So I left that question hanging about why would the Internet go down or why would they, you know, take it down. And the answer came a little bit later, a few days, maybe four or five days later, and the answer was to stop the free fall. And there was a picture that came with that, um, and that picture was that the financial system was in free fall. So, at that point, I thought, well, you know, why would the financial system be in freefall? What about, and I'm thinking about the stock market, and I thought, what about all the stops that they have programmed into the computers so, you know, so that it doesn't, you know, doesn't get everybody's stuff traded away to nothing? So, the, you know, another answer came within a short time. And it was that um, if the trading had been allowed to continue, it would have destroyed everything. It would have destroyed all of the financial system. And they turned it off just in time to preserve a little bit of wealth. And part of the thinking, you know, after, you know, the Internet was down, part of the Sort of relief on the people who do those kinds of things was this feeling of, well, you know, maybe what we can do now is go back to the people and say, look, it was just a computer problem. There's nothing really wrong with the banking system kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's just a computer problem. And now all we have to do is sort out the problem and get everything back online and running again and we'll be fine and we'll just continue on from there. And my reaction to that was, okay, but, you know, but the banking system isn't fine. (laughs) You know, um, it's not a good thing. It's not, there's something awful happening in the financial system. There's something awful happening in our government system and in our legal system. And there's something awful happening for our people here on the planet, the great majority.
0: Mm. And do you...
3: So then I kind of sat with that for a little bit and, and thought, you know, I'm holding this question of, you know, why did they take it down in the first place and and what was what was the real intent behind that? And, and I get information from a lot of people all around the world, a lot mm. of my clients. Yeah. And there's this little piece that I got, and it was a link. And they said, what do you think about this? And so I I very, very rarely look at the video things that people send me because we have such terrible Internet here on the farm. And it's a satellite, and we pay $160 a month for 25 gigabytes. And if we use it up in one night, that's too bad.
2: (laughs) You know, you're
3: out of luck until the next month when it rolls over. But I clicked on this link, and I thought, oh, my. You know, it was um, the um some news guy who was analyzing this series of shows that had been evidently shown on American TV over the summer. And the shows were called Mr. Robot, and he was saying, I didn't watch all of these, I just saw the last one. And I saw it because some of my friends who are paying attention to what happened, have said, you know, this is spelling out what's going to happen to us and what the cabal is doing. And so, I, you know, he then went on to say, and I'll just kind of summarize here, that the government had hired a group of hackers, that these hackers were given the task of creating a virus that could be inserted into the financial system and the whole system went down and there was no way to fix it because it wasn't... If you know anything about programming, there are programs, there are things that can be done in programming in which you cause a glitch or in which you create, you know, a diversion, I'll call it. But um, you can reverse those and this was not one of those kinds of of uh, viruses it was a virus that just scrambled everything and there was no code and no way to unscramble it
2: yes yes and
3: yes. so they were in the movie Mr Robot they were they had taken down the entire financial system they had gone after and it wasn't clear to me from his interview whether it was originally a, they were targeting China and they were trying to insert this in China and Russia and it backfired, and it got into their computers, or it wasn't clear about that. Yeah, yeah. But well, um, tell us this, you know, Penny is
0: how big do you think this is? And and I'm asking, kind of, is it just global in terms of the politics of our world, or do you think there's extraterrestrial influence involved here? Do you know what I'm asking? Like, how big is does this go?
3: Um, I I'm going to say it's pretty small. It's a product of small-minded humans right. Um, humans Right. that I think are trying to save face and trying to pretend that there's nothing wrong with their system and their bankrupt system. I don't know if ETs are involved. I don't think so.
0: Right. There's other people reporting that there's some kind of a great uh, galactic wave coming or a cosmic wave or some kind, and I'm trying to establish has that anything to do with it? Do you know what I'm asking? Oh,
3: I see. Yes, I've heard about that galactic wave. Um, most, and, and I'm going to talk from not very much experience with that, but I'll say, first off, I have to to say that one of the things that really, really bothers me about people today is that everything that they can't explain or that they wish would happen, they ascribe to ETs. Yes. And what that, in effect, does is take away all of our power as human beings. We're extraordinarily powerful beings. We haven't used an ounce of our power or our capacity. And it bothers me that everything they can't explain, they, you know, they blame it on ETs and everything that they wish would come and fix the problems at hand, which are pretty big, um, you know, they're they're calling on ETs and and there's rules. There are dimensional rules. And you don't, first of all, you don't interfere in somebody else's dimension. That's not good. And, And I say that knowing that there are ETs, who do interfere. Mm
2: -hmm. Yes.
3: So, but the rule still stands, you know, we have laws here and people break those laws and it's the same thing up there.
2: Yeah. So back to our problem at hand then.
3: Okay. All right. So, you know, so as, as it stands right now, what I, I came to the realization that perhaps the reason the computers had to be taken down was to stop the virus from wrecking everything, and if that goes down, if the Internet or any portion of the Internet goes down, we're between a rock and a hard place because everything in our world runs on computers, you know, our stores, our groceries, our shipping, our transportation, our our airplanes, our communications, you know, people could get stuck in some country somewhere just because the computers are down and they can't get home. Um, you know, navigation across the ocean, all of those things would just be maybe um, some of them working, maybe some of them not, maybe some portion, um, et cetera. So I wrote to um, some people that I know that have been working to establish global collateral accounts that would help to rebuild the world, and they have put their lives on the line. you know, you guys are putting all this money into the Western banking system. And what if it gets wiped out? What if all record of that gold gets wiped out? And, you know, and then we're nowhere. We're nowhere. We're right back where we were before. And somebody takes off with the gold and says, what are you talking about? There was never any gold. There's no record of any gold.
0: Sounds
1: like a beautiful
0: Um, master plan.
3: Yes, yes. So I'm very concerned about that. I'm more concerned about this is a massive planet-wide test for us, and we've flunked all the private per, prior tests. And so <laughs> I'm not sure we were going to make it with this. If this comes to pass, <laughs> whoops! Hang on, I'm sorry, I knocked over something on my desk. Um. If it comes to pass and we flunk, um, we're just going to disintegrate. And and the test is so simple. All we have to do is work together, is cooperate and communicate,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and not panic and not get caught up in blame and fighting and fear. It. I think we're at a, a moment where we can come to a, a moment in. As much as I, you know, I really don't like to talk about the Bible because so much of it is, is gunk, um, there's a story in there about Jesus feeding 5,000 people with a couple of loaves and fishes or
2: something mm. like that. Yeah.
3: And that story came from ancient, ancient times. You know, it wasn't really a, a thing that the quote-unquote Jesus did because I don't think there really was a man you know, that did all that same man named Jesus. But um, that that test, that can we come together and share? And if everybody contributed, you know, a certain amount of food, um, we'd probably have baskets and baskets and baskets of food left over when the crisis is over, and we wouldn't know what to do with it. So I, that's part of the test.
2: Yes, yes, Are yes. Are we
3: going to descend into fighting or not?
0: Yeah, well now it's funny that you should mention that because for our listeners we always try to have practical solutions you know, we, we call ourselves practical spirituality for a changing world and in that way we try to be sensible about these things and Angel Rose in the Akashic Records has got information from Source that says you know, be sensible like just in the same way as a farmer might store up Hay and straw and food stuff for the winter for his cattle and for his families. It's sensible that if we're heading into a winter of whatever kind, that we take sensible precautions also. So in that way, it's very very practical. Now the interesting thing though is in our conversations over the last number of weeks about this very issue and about you know bringing love to bear. And as you say, passing the test from our hearts as opposed to from the previous place of greed that we always came from. We found that there is a divided camp. We find that somebody earlier today called it, you know, walking in two camps, in other words, a foot in each camp. And one is where, yes, I'm coming from a heart space and, you know, I believe in love and sharing and community and all of that. And then the other camp, and we know this because there's a person very close to us who who feels this way. And that is, look, I don't care what's going on. I've got enough guns and ammunition, and that's all I need to survive no matter what comes. And it's, wow. it's such a radical difference yeah. between the two. And we've also seen this and we discussed it on our recent podcasts over the last few weeks too. But the Syrian refugees, for example, and we had a lady on from Greece who was talking about how they were more or less, you know, taking over their islands and taking over and they, accepted and welcomed the the immigrants with open arms at first, but then it became overwhelming. They just didn't have enough food to continue to support them all. And we spoke with somebody then who came at it from the heart space and said, that continues to be the limited place, the small place where we fail our tests, that there's not enough that there's not enough food to go around, that we have limited resources, that we're not creative enough, we don't deserve to have abundance. And uh, I find that dichotomy is really interesting to see it unfolding in a practical way in our 3D world.
3: Mm. It is very interesting, and it's really, I think, um, going to become clear who's got what foot in which camp, And um, you know, and we have over the last five, ten years um, gone from planting a fairly uh, well. It wasn't all that diverse to begin with, but we've gone to really serious monocropping, corn and soybeans. And there's just this immense ocean of corn out there because they use high fructose corn syrup to to make all those foods that are really factory foods um, look and smell and taste like something you want to put on your tongue tongue, and eat again and again and again. And I think we're going to have to go back to, um, you know, growing some of our food and and maybe, you know, there will be lots of people who won't be able to grow much, but they could grow a little something and other people who would, be able to fill in and help out. Um, I think that we're coming to a time. You know, one of the things that that dawned on me at the at the point of realizing that this. I had thought through the whole thing around the grid and and the possible virus or. You know, then I was thinking, well, maybe it's really not going to be a virus. Maybe it's just going to be the decision that the Fed is making about whether to raise interest rates or not. And I don't feel that that's it. But, you know, that will play a role. So, you know, I ended up in this place where I remembered being with the little men in brown robes. And they were showing me that after this rain of business, that business was going to rule the world for about 30 to 50 years. This was 1980, 81, 82 in there. And they said they're already running it. So, yet, you know, they'll likely have 30 years. If they're really, really lucky, they'll get 50 years. So, it's 82, so 92, 2002 2002 2012 we're at what 33 years and they were already ruling at the time they were showing me those things but no one was aware once they showed it to me I could see it everywhere and it bothered me a lot yeah. but there's not much you can do so we're let's just say that they're at least 35 years into that and and I was very concerned at the time that they were you know, that business was going to just destroy our country. Yeah. And one of the things the robes said to me, which I don't really even know if I put it in the book, um, was that they would end up taking themselves out. I think I asked them, well, how is that going to end? Or, or You know, what? how are we going to deal with that if they're, you know, they're, they're, they've are they taken over the country? And they said, the, the dozen are... 13 14 15 families who are running things at the top will cooperate with one another initially to you know to to get control and to be running the world and and you know and etc and setting prices and policies and buying politicians and and etc yeah yeah but they're going they said there's going to come a point where they are going to get greedy and they're going to start tricking one another and pulling the rug out from one another, and trying to best one another. And that would end up in this huge mess in which they would take one another out, and we would have to clean up the mess. That's where uh, well, we're at.
0: Penny, just hold that thought there, because we want to remind our listeners that we're speaking with Penny Kelly, and the book that you referred to was your own book called Little Men in Brown Robes. Brown Robes, Now what it is? <laughs> it's
3: just called, <laughs> just called Robes. Robe. Yeah, Robes, yeah. A book? coming
0: changes a book of coming changes yeah so they can get that from pennykelly.com or from amazon.com we want to take a very very quick little studio break here penny and uh, when we come back talk to us when we come back about what will happen as they pull the rug from under each other and the outcomes and the mess that we will have to clean up so hold that thought for us for just a moment
2: years of research thousands of profound statements hundreds of sessions Miles of transcripts, months of listening, a vast archive of personal power and spiritual
1: awareness awaits you. Join WorldOfEmpowerment.com today, a members-only
2: website of practical spirituality, for your fast-changing world. WorldOfEmpowerment.com All right, we're back. That was quite a quick little studio break there, Hanu. All right, Penny. Penny. Let's pick up where we left off, as Ahano had mentioned. But I also, when you're kind of done with that, I'd like to come back to our present moment because here we are. And on the one hand, it's great to say we could all grow a little bit of food. You know, what the predictions are is that next week is kind of D-Day. And so I'd like your perception on, you know, the time that we actually have to actually do something, and what is it we should do?
3: Okay, well, um, I think, you know, if we kind of pick up with that rug pulled out from under us, um, there were two levels of power struggle that I saw going on after business began to go down. Um, and, and one of those power struggles was among the remaining business. Um, and, and the big, and I want to mention this too. One of the things that they said was that the the big corporations would be like these giant dinosaurs in a major struggle. And at the time, I thought they must be referring to big corporations like General Motors or General Electric or you know some other big international corporation. But as I was writing all of that up, I, it dawned on me that the United States is a corporation and most of the rest of the countries of the world are some form of corporation or are partly incorporated. And it just struck me that, oh, MG, I'm wondering if this is, if the corporate struggle is really an international state struggle. And that those are the ones that are gonna go down, and if if they do, so then we can talk about outcomes that would pull the rug out from everybody um, the right now, there's a huge currency war and it's a vicious war going on between the u s and China and Russia. China and Russia are have banded together. They're planning to put in a huge uh, cross-country uh, from Beijing all the way to the Atlantic Ocean, uh, a couple of transcontinental railways and expressways, and down into the Levant and even across into North Africa. And if they put that in, they that's going to really turn the U.S. on its ear because. They will then be connected in ways they've never been connected, and that has been part of our um, our general abundance is the ability to move goods wherever we need them and want them very quickly, cheaply, efficiently, etc. So outcomes for us if they, if the nation states go down or are crippled in any way. Let's just talk about us, the U.S., because this concerns us. Um, that means that we are on our own and needing to figure out how are we going to run things, get things done, etc. People were severely dislocated, um, you know, lots and lots of refugees, not just in Syria and in Europe, but in the U.S. as well. So I don't know what caused that. I have seen something on the East Coast somewhere in the next couple of weeks that I didn't like. I couldn't get any detail about it, so I just left it alone. It's like, oh, I've got enough to worry about. But people were streaming out of, away from the East Coast. Um, if we don't have a functioning state, then what do we have? How do we interact? Who Who becomes the representative to deal with the Russias and the Brazils and the Chinas and the Indias and, the, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and in the meantime, you know, that's that's not really necessary for life, although it could be. What about food? What about clothing? What about um, transportation and communication? So the mess that I saw us cleaning up was that people were um ended up grouping together in into a large group to try to survive they ended up i we ended up let 's go to the bottom line a couple of things that I saw with the robes, which I really didn't present in the book because I thought it was too or I didn't present very i didn't state it real obviously um was that everyone it was decided that everyone everyone that existed had the right to food, to shelter, to land, to owning land that they could call their own, to transportation, and to communications. They had the right to medical care, and they had the right to education um, so that they could better themselves. And there went the entire basis of our competitive capitalist system. It wasn't the same sets of ethical underpinnings that we have, you know, that we have today where we do certain things and we expect certain things and we don't share very well and, you know, we're all out there fighting and struggling and trying to move up, trying to get what we need. And it just became a part of government, you know, that people really didn't have to struggle for those things. Everything was organized differently. There was no big national government. There that was there was a different sort of government. It was kind of a assembly of people, representatives from different countries. It was called the World Council of Ethics. They made a lot of decisions. Certain areas grouped together and had their own council. The Northeast in the US was one, Washington State, Oregon, Northern California, Idaho, Hearts of Montana, uh, Nevada, so, or Utah, Utah and Nevada. But, you know, other regions also self-organized. And it was just a lot of work and a lot of rethinking. A lot of rethinking. So one of the things, I the other day I thought, well, okay, we need to start this rethinking process. And why wait? For things to get really bad, and if they're going to get bad, it's going to be too late. We'll be too stressed to hear anything else. So I put out a piece up on my blog that just said, if the financial system were to go down, we should not expect to be put out of our houses or taken into court for bankruptcy or foreclosure because that that financial system is a piece of a paradigm. And when you pull out a major piece, the one that greases the wheels of that paradigm, the rest of the paradigm is down. So to try to run the legal system when we don't have the financial system going is just going to result in gross injustices. Yes. And it doesn't make any sense, and it's not going to work. And yes. so if the... You know, if the financial system goes down, really and truly, we either have to reinstitute that system, or we have to make a new one—an entirely new integrity-based system for yeah. that fits our time.
2: Yeah.
0: One of the things that we have found in discussing this over the last number of weeks and in months, indeed, is that many times. A negative agenda will use humankind to create outcomes. And we've seen this in the form of, you know, Hollywood blockbuster movies and so on, you know, creating fear of one kind or another. And then we manifest it. We talked about a foot in each camp. And the other camp, though, looks at this as a tremendous opportunity for change for the better. So in general, how do you feel? the outcome will be? Once the dust settles on this market freefall and the collapse of the grid and the formation of new communities and that kind of thing, do you think people will have passed the test and will see it as a beautiful opportunity? Or do you think the old regime will take control again and we will remain enslaved for a longer period?
3: I think it's... Um I'm very, very excited. I think that those who subscribe to what I'm going to call or what you just named as the negative agenda, those who subscribe to that are going to go down with that system. Right. All things change over time. People are always reaching for something better, higher, more humane. Mm -hmm. And we're reaching for that. And I think we have to acknowledge and encourage and support one another in that reaching. The ones that I saw that survived this time were the people who had the positive outlook, who were creative, who had ideas, who were willing to work, who didn't have their hand out saying, the government ought to do something for me. You know, that, those were the survivors, the people who were really on the cutting edge of new thinking, and a sort of a new consciousness.
2: Okay, Penny, can I also switch gears here just a little bit because part of uh-huh. all of this prophecy going on is also about CERN, CERN being yeah. something that's going to mess with dimensional portals during next week and all of that. So what have you heard or received about that, if anything?
3: Absolutely nothing. I have had people call and write me, and I've tuned in. I've looked at the questions. I've looked at the stuff, and, you know, (laughs) um, I I don't know if it's because I spent 15 years learning biophysics and plasma physics and, um, you know, all that science with Dr. Levengood or what, but the stuff that they're talking about around CERN is basically, just totally not real. Um, there could be an accident, but I think it would blow up the certain machine before it would blow up anything else, because it's a mechanical gadget. That said, I have to allow that anything weird could happen, but there's a tremendous amount of quote-unquote scientific information floating around on the web that is just not true. And and I just wrote this to somebody the other day um, when they asked about that. I had watched, somebody else sent me something, what do you think about this? And it was some guy who was talking about the lies that NASA was telling about the moon and the sun and, the, and, and blah, blah, blah. And I listened to that. It was one of the most painful things <laughs> that I've listened to in a long time because the guy didn't even know basic, basic science. And he's talking about the rotation of the moon, and, and the moon doesn't rotate. It doesn't, it, it always presents the same face to us.
2: Mm-hmm. Always. Yes.
3: It doesn't yes. rotate like, you know, That's like why other you, things. We have
0: do. the dark side of the moon, as they say. Yeah,
3: it, and there were so many statements in there, in his quote unquote analysis of what NASA was presenting, that it, I knew NASA was correct. And that he didn't know what he was talking about. And I hear that kind of thing all the time. I think that there's a very, very carefully orchestrated disinformation campaign going on that involves ETs, it involves scientific stuff, it involves solar system and planetary stuff, stuff that people can't check out easily because, A, they don't have much science background to begin with, Two, they can't understand the language of science, which is so esoteric and so specialized. And three, the theory presented is so distracting that, you know, they can't get to the science because they're dealing with, oh, my God, is that going to happen? Well that bothers me um, yeah, yeah. that there 's so much yeah. disinformation scientific quote unquote it 's not really scientific at all yes it 's um, it's misinformation
0: well don 't we see that all the time though, right across the board with people from with certain agendas presenting yep. you know seventy or eighty percent truth and the rest being total lies, but it sounds very believable because of the truth element that 's stuck in there. In other words, yeah. it's a very, very effective way of presenting propaganda and disinformation. Again, like I mentioned earlier, Penny, the, what we like to do is to present people with uh, practical solutions. And one of the things that we ha- have presented to people is to become more discerning. And there are very, very practical and real ways that you can do that so that you're able to determine if something is a lie or if it is the truth. And you're able to bounce this off your inner self, and you're able to bounce it off your own gut feeling, and you're able to bounce it off your own spiritual self and determine if this is for real or not. And it's something that I think people should get to learn because all too often we see people just walking headlong into total deceit and lies and nonsense. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, Angel Rose has a little question, but before she asks that one, I do know what the question is, and I'm just going to slide this in because it's more in line with what we're discussing right now. When you mentioned earlier on about the World Council of Ethics, and I'm assuming that this is the new paradigm, let's call it, for want of a better description, will that have the same kind of political structure, let's say, that what we're familiar with right now or are we looking at a total wiping clean of the slate completely
3: okay let me see if i've got the question right so what you're asking is something about practical steps and are we going to have to start with a clean slate or are we going to have to you know kind of go with some sort of political system et cetera, et cetera? is that correct
0: yeah more or less and specifically about the world council of ethics in other words We've seen, like, for example, in the past with, you know, Lord of the Rings or various other movies that have come out about how humanity restructures itself under difficult and painful circumstances. And it always seems to come back to the hierarchy, you know, where you do have a power ruler controller. Will the new paradigm, this new World Council of Ethics that you speak about, will that have... A political structure like what we're familiar with, or are we looking at something completely new and different
3: mm-hmm. there you know um I have done some thinking about this for exactly the reason you're asking you know is it just more of the same? Is it just mm-hmm. more hierarchy, et cetera et cetera, yeah. um there is some hierarchy in the future, but it is much flatter. Much more inclusive and much more down to earth and real right. um the you know the the whole thing about um starting fresh with a clean slate nope, I didn't see that the robes never showed me anything <laughs> They looked like it was neat and you know and easy to start fresh and et cetera et cetera. We were always cleaning up one mess. And trying to, um, you know, trying to create, in spite of the mess, that was still operational to some extent. Right. So, it looked like there were, like the Council of Ethics really had, most of their power came from the respect that people accorded them. They're, now, let me say this, there's two things that I have seen, a couple things, but there's two major pathways opening besides the one that the robes showed me. One of those major pathways opening leads to, eventually, more hierarchy, and it's a very Muslim-based hierarchy. It's almost as if, well, the Catholic Church had its day, and now the Mo- Muslim Church is going to have its day. And it, it took some time to you know, to kind of, for people to wake up. Um, there's been some talk that the huge disruption in Africa has been very deliberate on the part of the cabal in order to drive Muslim refugees into Europe in order to create this, you know, all sorts of, you know, disarray. And and that they are soon to begin sending some of those refugees to the U.S. And the hope is that they'll be able to incite and continue to incite religious um, competition and religious intolerance and prejudice in populations because that's very useful to those who believe in hierarchy and that they deserve to run the world. So that's going to open up. We're going to have to decide, um, you know, whether we are going to go that way or not. If we don't go that way and we flatten hierarchy and everybody becomes um, pretty—I won't say equal, but everybody becomes included in the processes of making decisions in in various local groupings, et cetera. Um, there will be some who will take responsibility and you could point to them and say, yeah, there's a the ruler. But most of that, people are very shy of, um, bending or acknowledging that kind of rulership. And I did see that some of the early rulers are just kind of murdered because they get back into trying to pretend that it's the old system. And we, you know, for some reason, humans don't think twice about getting rid of somebody they don't want around. So, you know, if the Council of Ethics formed slowly, it formed as a guideline, of, you know, because they would come together and they would assess, they would all go to a locality. They would look, listen, talk, assess what was really happening, what was ethical, what was fair, and what would nurture life. And then they would each write up a paper and they would leave those papers, those decisions, if you will, almost like the Supreme Court does today, but without the kind of binding thing that the Supreme Court has. And then they would all leave and the people who were um, living in that locality had to decide what they were going to do and how they were going to implement those kinds of recommendations. And it was very slowly, very slowly, we began to honor consciousness and the kind of wisdom that nurtures life and that brings people together.
2: Unfortunately, we only have a few minutes. But I do want to ask you, and I know I keep bringing it back around to what can people do right now, but do you think people should be taking money out of the bank? Do you think that they should be storing food and water? You know, what is your thoughts about what could be coming down the pike very quickly?
3: Um, well, here's a couple things. I did take my money out of the bank, okay? You did? Um. I did. Yes, okay. And And I have told some of my really good clients that they should have on hand by the end of next week a set of physical papers that show... What accounts they have, the account number, their name should be on it. The uh, the institution or bank that that money or bond or stock or whatever was was with, and the value, the amount of the account, you know, the balance in the account. They should have that on hand. Um, one of the things that I have seen several times is that if this thing comes to pass, they are they may very well try to put a new financial system into place. And when they do that, they have worked out a system based on Social Security. You will, Everybody will get the same amount of money except those who can prove that they had X amount of dollars and those who have a good sum of, of Social Security will get a little bit more. So that that's the criteria there. Have your paperwork in order. Have your ID, etc., uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera. I grew up, Now let's go to food. I grew up in a farm family, and it was the way of life that we lived that we would have a garden, that we would harvest that garden, we would can it, freeze it, dry it, whatever was required, and we would eat that food all winter. I have preserved that way of life, and you know, I have, I always have a year's worth of food on hand. So, um, you know, I, I've told people at least have a couple weeks of food and water, um, just in case. It, it just makes common sense. No need to go into full-scale prepping, um, et cetera. Next thing, get some good recipes so that you know how to cook something. If you haven't been cooking for a while, you forget. Next thing, have some medicine. If you are on medication, make sure you have a little bit of extra medication. One of the things I saw with the robes was a lot of people died because they couldn't get their medication. You know, another thing just in terms of of uh, your neighbors, know your neighbors. Go out and meet your neighbors and forge or create or start some kind of relationship so that they aren't strangers. And you know, if a guy coming to the door saying, I'm the guy down the street, you know who that is. And if he's not really the guy down the street, then, you know, you're, you're in trouble, especially if you let him in. So, you know, there's some basic things right, right there. Do and then I think be ready. Be ready to connect.
2: Yeah. Do you think people who have stocks or who have money, should they turn those in and buy gold? So even if you, like, take your money out of the bank, should you turn that into gold?
3: I have told quite a number of people, get at least a little silver, and if you can afford it, get a little gold. Okay. Um, I think the other day, silver was $14 an ounce, gold was 1100 Oh, my God. Um, yeah, you know, that's a bunch. But, you know, gold and silver, just a little bit, you know, and have some cash on hand. Don't Don't put your money in the bank and leave it there. On the other hand, here's my concern... If I say, go take your money out of the bank, and it becomes a bank run, then we're going to end up creating part of the trouble we're trying to avoid. Yeah, I know. So it's like, don't take it all out. Take enough that you need to get through for a couple of weeks. So, uh-huh. Okay.
2: All right, that's helpful very much. A heat source for people, because, you know, there's a lot of people who live in cold climates, and, you know, if the power went out, uh they'd have to be concerned about that. I always tell people to make sure they have a little propane stove, I mean just to cook yeah. with, but you know, how do you if you don't have a fireplace, how do you keep warm in a cold climate if you're off the grid?
3: If it, well, you don't have many options if you're in a cold climate. If the electricity goes out and you're a renter somewhere and your landlord can't be installing a wood stove in your apartment, then you're you're going to have to deal with that yeah,
2: okay. you can
3: get a propane or not, you can get a, a ventless propane heater but then you have to have a source of propane so you gotta buy a little you know, 30 or 50 gallon tank or even 10 gallon tank of propane you mm-hmm. can get kerosene but oh it's smelly it's very toxic um, <laughs> yes it is, you gotta have fresh air uh-huh. um, especially when you're starting it or when it's going out yeah, once right. it's going mm-hmm. it's, it's okay yeah okay so then, right. you know we our way of life is just not very sustainable, and I think if if the money system falls down, we're going to discover that that the whole sustainability thing was not somebody's illusion or fantasy, it was really a serious
2: yeah we got um, very codependent, didn't we
3: yeah, yeah, <laughs> very good,
2: okay, Penny,
0: we are going to have to leave it there, unfortunately, we've come to the end of our time slot we do appreciate you coming and giving that very very practical and sensible advice give your contact details again to our listeners that if one wanted to consult with you how can they contact you
3: best way is through my website www.pennykelly.com no extra e's in either name or email penny at pennykelly.com
2: I got one more quick question Sure, are you staying close to home over these next few months, or do you still feel safe traveling
3: um i'm I have some travel arrangements that have been in place for a while, and I will fulfill those. but as time goes on, if it gets to looking like it might be dangerous, then I will call and cancel it's um that's one of the things I did see is that there's some real serious. <laughs> highway robbery that has the potential of, you know, being pretty disastrous for some people.
2: Yeah, so. Back into the Wild West, Hannah.
0: Huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, now, so I just came from Wild Ireland to the Wild West. Is that what's happening here? <laughs> we do have to leave it there, Penny. It's been an absolute pleasure okay. as always. And we look awesome. forward to speaking with you again soon.
3: Thank okay. You, Penny. Thank you your- so much.
0: Thank you, Penny. All the best. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Angel Rose and Ahanu on World of Empowerment Radio, your station for practical spirituality in a changing
2: world.